welcome back to On the Table. It's your host and your bestie, Anthony. And today's podcast episode is a little bit different. Um, I'm in my pot. I'm in my um collaborative era because I just filmed a collab with my mom for my YouTube channel a few days ago, and I'm doing a collab here. So I have a special guest, um, one half of Get Into It, and my friend Jordan Rice. Hi, I'm so excited to be here in your collaborative era. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jordan, do you want to kind of like explain like what podcasts you do and, you know, how you got into it? Yeah, sure. So, my name is Jordan Rice, like Anthony said. I am one half of Get Into It, which is a podcast where my friend Ambry and I talk about our experiences as young black women growing up in a predominantly white community going to predominantly white schools up until you know this point where now she's at an HBCU um, but we talk about that our experiences there how they've affected us now and that kind of shapes how we view the world and the way that we approach things so we talk about current is- current issues mainstream things as well as bring back some of our horror stories from childhood right right, right. <laughs> Yeah. that's kind of what we did in if you guys didn't know I did a collab on their podcast I think two or three months ago yeah, where we kind of yeah where we kind of talked about some of our experiences growing up in a predominantly white area so um I made a list of questions like this is new for both of us because you've never been on here and also I've never hosted anything in my entire life so (laughs) this is very new I love it um yeah but I have a list of questions so my first question is how did you and Ambry get into podcasting uh, very randomly, Ambry and I were, you know, during COVID, um, just talking because we were in our houses, locked down. And so we would just FaceTime every now and then. And we realized that a lot of times we'd FaceTime late at night and then stay up right. all night, just, you know, trading, <laughs> trading trauma stories um, and <laughs> like finding solace in each other and mm-hmm. finding validation and just being able to talk to someone else who went through the same type of microaggressions and very macroaggressions that we went through someone who got right. it and jokingly she or I can't remember who said it, it was like we should start a podcast and I was like yeah we should ha 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 and then I went to mm-hmm. sleep and I woke up and I said wait a second we should actually start one so I sent her this long text message that I still have it's <laughs> so 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 long being like I don't know if you're kidding, but like, I think that we should kind of do it. And I just like stream of consciousness in that text message. And she was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get, yeah, we could, we could, we could, we could do something. And then um, that mm-hmm. happened maybe June or July. And then in that August, we launched get into it. So August Amazing. of 2020. Yeah. Amazing. So you guys just celebrated your first birthday, yes. which is like crazy. So like, how was that for you? It was so surreal. Cause you know, you start something in the pandemic and then you were mm-hmm. You know, we we didn't have any like this goes sound crazy like goals other than we just want people to feel heard, Um, right? And then when we realized that there are people that weren't black listening, people from other countries that were listening, like, Mm -hmm. and it became something like, oh, okay, this is something people look forward to this every Wednesday, and it was it was strange to like we got in this past year we've gotten featured in a magazine called Liberated, we've um, been part of anchors. Uh, uplifting black voices campaign like so much has happened and I, I didn't really expect it at all so being here a year later and still doing the podcast even though we're in some type of semi post 
uh, pandemic things. Yeah, I don't even know where we are right now. It's so weird. It's (laughs) it's so weird because there's still stuff going on, but it's also like everyone's just kind of been more relaxed. So it's like this like weird like middle ground where like no one knows where we are, like what state. Yeah. So like you know she's at school and Mm -hmm. and. I like I'm like living life doing my acting thing and so it's the podcast the way we do it is like changed like because we're not just having all this free time you know right at home right but we're still continuing it we do we're in our collaborative era too like being mm-hmm. flexible <laughs> about if she can't do something then uh I'll get another guest to come on with me if I can't do something she'll be able to do the same thing so it's mm-hmm. changing but it still has that that root there Right, right. So you mentioned your acting. Um, explain that a little bit more because you <laughs> you've done a lot. You've been you've been doing it, and I'm just I feel like a proud parent, just oh. like watching. <laughs> I just feel like it feels like so much like a proud parent, just like watching like amazing things happen to you. So like, go in a little bit more of your acting. I want to know a lot more about that. Okay, so. Do you want me to start from the beginning or start from what? What's I need the with? entire story. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so I'll I'll start from where we are now, then go back to the beginning. Um, okay. Because so what, I think you found out through Instagram that I was like act like an actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was so surprised too. I was like, oh, she acts. Because <laughs> we had already like you had already come on the podcast and this stuff, and like just you never right. knew. But I think you found out. Um, I'm in a show, um, a TV show on Apple TV Plus called Swagger. Uh, it's mm-hmm. produced by Kevin Durant. If you're an NBA fan, you know Kevin Durant. He, he's amazing. Uh, one of the best, arguably the best players in the league right now. Um, created by Reggie Rock Bythewood, um, who brought you Shots Fired, who was a writer on Love and Basketball with his wife. You know, So that's where the show is coming. That's who it's coming from. And the show is about the youth basketball circuit it centers around a 14 year old basketball phenom who just happens to play my younger brother, Jace Carson. And we see his struggles with not only playing basketball, but what it is to grow up black in America and want the world to look differently than how it is and wanting to change that and having so much ambition and passion. So I play Jackie Carson in that show. And I, I struggle with feeling like I'm playing second fiddle to my younger brother. You know, (laughs) I'm like, this talented prodigy at 14 years old right. and I'm older than him being like, can I get some attention? Can I get some I like, love? <laughs> right. Like, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that too, because I'm the youngest and you know, like my, my mom likes to say that I'm like the genius of the family. So it's like, you get a perspective of like what it's like for the older siblings. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Cause I'm the youngest in my family. Um, mm-hmm. It's so funny. My real life like flips what happens in the show. So my real life, I'm the youngest <laughs> and my brother my older brother played basketball in the show. I'm the older sister with the younger brother who plays basketball. And so getting into that headspace of I'm older than someone, but people prop him up and, and like, including my family, like I feel like my mom props him up and I'm just like trying to accept it and understand it and still feel Mm -hmm. like I'm worthy myself and wanting to establish myself outside of who he is because everyone knows him. So we see Jackie struggle with that throughout the series. Um, and it's interesting to live one thing and then play another. Um, but I do feel like it's relatable for a lot of people, even the people who aren't the older siblings, just to feel like you want to be enough just how you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. such that's one of her key themes, and I feel like it's super relatable. Um, 
Let me go back to the basics. So <laughs> I just had to get that got out. A little deep. We got a little deep there. We got a little deep there. But, you know, if you want to watch Swagger, uh, the first, I don't know when this is coming out, but as of today, the first eight episodes are out. There's a new episode at midnight on Fridays every week on Apple TV+. Plus. The show is called Swagger. I'd love for you all to watch it. Um, but, yeah, so let's and figure out how I got there. So I started dancing when I was like four. Uh, started acting when I was eight because my dance company did like a we're gonna have a storyline during our recital thing and they asked me to do it and I was like okay sure like I like dancing let me try this out immediately fell in love immediately started training in theater got my first movie at age 11 in Selma directed by Ava DuVernay um, produced by Oprah Winfrey and that kind of right wow right it was it was insane, and I'm and I'm still in shock. It's been seven years, and I'm still I'm still every day like that happened. That's crazy. wow. Um, and I think that kind of I was always a super confident kid, and I feel like every day that I get older, I'm trying to become more like that girl, that young Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a really good validating thing for me to be like I can actually like make a career out of this, like this can become more than just something I really like to do. And people are saying I'm good at like, that was proof that there is a future in this for you possibly. Mm-hmm. And I took that and ran with it. <laughs> I took it and ran with it. Kept doing theater, added some film and TV along the way up, up until swagger. And this is where I am now. So I'm super grateful mm-hmm. for everything, you know? Yeah. Right. That leads me to my next question, which is mine. I asked, when did you record swagger and how did you get casted? Like what, I, I want to know, like, specifics. Like, what year did you record it? And, like, what was the whole, like, casting process like? Okay. So, I got I, – I auditioned initially. I don't remember years. COVID really messed me up. I cannot remember any year. Um, right. But it wasn't this <laughs> right. year. <laughs> I can tell you that it wasn't this year or last year when I auditioned. Um, but sometime in the past, uh, I auditioned. I believe I was – was I 16? I think I was 16. Um oh, wow. Or was I, I don't know. Wait, let me, let me get you right. Was I six? I was something, I don't know. Let's say 16. Who cares? If it's yeah, a lie, I'm sorry. 16. 16. 16. <laughs> and I auditioned for another character in the show originally played by Colvin Janae Wallace, um, who plays Annie. If you, in the 2014 version of Annie with Jamie Foxx. The stuff. best version. <laughs> the best version. And I will stand by that for as long as I live. That's literally the best version of Annie. I loved it. So it was kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> Also, just jumping again here, watching someone in the movie theater and then like being friends with them now, it's like insane. It's so crazy. (laughs) But I auditioned for her character at first. um, And part of that audition was, let's talk about your relationship with basketball. What? Whose relationship with what? (laughs) Who? Basketball. I was like, I just, you know, I don't play that. Um, (laughs) And so I really just got on there and I was talking to my mom. I was like, I did the scenes. I was like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with basketball. Like, what am I going to say? And she said, you do have a relationship with basketball. Your brother played it and you went to his practices. Your dad coached it. <laughs> I said, you're so right. So I talked about that. I, I talked about wow. that. And a few months later, I got an audition for Jackie Carson, who was the sister of the basketball player. And I said, I, I know this. This is my life, right. you know. Um, like, this is, that's your role. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of think it's so crazy like sometimes you feel like things just find you like I'm a big believer Mm -hmm. in what's for you is for you 
and it can't yes. be for anyone else. And I feel like that was such a, a testament to that belief. Like I had auditioned for the show, fell in love with the show. And then a few months later, got the role that seemed like it was like God being like, Jordan, here, here's here's your thing. Here, here, mm -hmm. The other thing wasn't yours. Here it is. Um, mm -hmm. And so I auditioned for Jackie. I went, we filmed in Virginia. I went to Virginia, auditioned with Isaiah Hill, who plays my younger brother, Jace, who was, who was already cast at the time. He was already like chosen, like, this is our guy. So it's really like, do you work? Because he works, right. like, do you work? And I, <laughs> and I met him and he was absolutely fantastic, just giving. And we had that connection. Like he kind of just gave me this look and I gave him a look and it was like, I got you. And it was amazing to work with him and work with our director, Reggie Bythewood, and play around with the characters, play around with the scenes. And I left being like, I don't know. Every time I auditioned for the show, I left being like, I don't know if I got it. I just know that I did mm -hmm. my best work, which is so right. different than how I left auditions prior to. I'd be like, oh, I just really want this. Um, but yeah. the auditions that I ended up booking, I was like, this is what I have. And this is what you're going to get. And those right. are the ones that I, I got cast in. So it was cool to like leave like that, not really think about it too much afterwards. Because after you've been auditioning for so long and you get rejected so much, you kind of just don't, mm -hmm. you just put it out your mind because it's the only way you're going to stay sane. Exactly. And I got, I think it was an email. An email being like, they want to offer you the role of Jackie Carson. I was like, well, I want to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? I want to say yes. And right. the next day I was on a plane to Virginia for a table read with Covengine and Isaiah and and Chanel, who plays my mother, and like all these amazing people, Khalil Harris, who's in When They See Us. Like it was mm -hmm. just so crazy, like so surreal, right. so crazy, but felt so um ah, I just feel so grateful. I keep saying that word, but it's it's really how I it's so much gratitude, you know. Mm -hmm. That's only that's really all you can say is that it's you're just really grateful for the opportunity, which I can understand. And I can't even imagine how crazy that was for you, like getting that role. Especially since it's such a good role too. Like, I don't it's just really like crazy to me. I mean, I think it's also like just a testament to like how long it takes something to go. Like I started, yes. I was performing since I was four, but I was acting since I was eight. And Selma happened three years after I started acting, which is like amazing. And then, but this kind of thing, I I didn't do TV before then. Like I'd never done a TV show um, before. Um, well, I did, I actually did, I did a TV show like a month before I booked Swagger. And that was for one episode. So I was like, I'm really, really new to this this thing tv right and being able to audition and get that it just felt like you know a lot of hard work was being acknowledged mm -hmm. and that, that always feels good you know that's like one of the most gratifying feelings and like you know i love to give like advice so like if you're listening to this and like it's all that matters is that you do your best and you feel yeah. like you do your best because you're going to get turned down so much in life. So many times. <laughs> like so like so much and all that really matters is that you know that you did your best and then I think that good things always come out of that like when you when you put your 100% into it. Yeah, just like and never giving up like it could have been and if you think about it there's 8 years between when I started acting and when I booked this show. And I've mm -hmm. done, and I've acted in between, booked some things when I, in between, but like, 
that's still a long time, <laughs> you know, right. and there's, and it's not busy all the time. And a lot of times it's very silent and you're hoping, you know, you're just training and trying to better yourself and better your craft. And it's so easy to be discouraged. But mm -hmm. if you give up in those moments, you never get to see like your swagger exactly. and you never get to exactly. see your Selma and you never get to have the fruits of your labor, man, taste that sweet nectar. Like you want, you want that. And so just believing in yourself, even when it's hard to, and surrounding mm -hmm. yourself with people who believe in you when you don't believe in yourself is also very, very important. Right. Because people's energies rub off of you. So yes. They rub, all, they rub onto you. Yes. Yeah. So what was the scariest moment in your acting career thus far? Oh, I think my scariest moment will probably have to be, and it's nothing like on set. On set is always a very safe environment and the projects mm -hmm. I've worked on, thank God, because I know it's not true for some people. So I really right. appreciate that. But um, a lot of the scariest moments have been coming when I don't believe in myself, you know, and when I get in my mm -hmm. head and I spiral, you know, like it's, it's crazy because you get these opportunities and you're just like, I just want to do good. I just want to do good. You just want to, and you drive yourself crazy. And those are there. I'm saying they're really scary because when you hyper-focus on fear instead of on like trust in yourself, Right. You don't know what's going to come out. Like, you don't know exactly. how you're going to perform or like how your, like you said, energy rubs off on people. How, how you're feeling is going to like infect the other people around you. Like, mm -hmm. and I would just, I hate, I would hate to be the person who like brings people's energy down or like makes them have an, a spirit of like nervousness and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think those are like the scariest moments that I have to like check myself and start speaking you know, positivity into myself and be like, hey, we're not going to let those, what is it called? Intrusive thoughts control. Yes, intrusive thoughts. Yeah, we're not going to let those control our day because if it, you know, it could just be a whole bad thing. Yeah. Right. I had the same feelings when I was doing my rebrand for my podcast because mm. it took about eight months and I was just constantly thinking, I was like, this is like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I got discouraged because I was like, like, what am I even doing this for? But I was like, this is really for me. And I had to surround my people, my, myself with people who encouraged me. To, and I feel like that really, really helped me. Yeah. Like, so I guess it's, I have a, I don't know if it's a question, but I feel like this is a thing that I know it exists outside of creativity, but especially with people who, you know, creators of mm -hmm. any art form, it's a real anxiety type thing of like, that we all go through in different ways being like, I just want the people to like, like what I'm doing yes. or I just want people yes. to feel impacted by it. And as important as people receiving what you create, you know, and being moved by it is, it's really, really dangerous to tie your, like your value and like your mental wellness towards <laughs> like what other people think of what you do. No, literally it, it is. It's very, <laughs> very, it's very toxic. It's horrible. Like, yeah. It's terrible. And um, so I think I'm I'm always in a state of unlearning that thing that society conditions us to, you know, care so much about what other people think in a negative right. way. Like I care what people think in positive ways. 
you know, mm-hmm. and the people, I, the people whose opinions I care about are the people who I know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the people who are close to me, um, right. who know me. Uh, but I think everyone, whether you're an artist or not, can really learn from unlearning the need for external validation. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. I am very interested in wondering what set what set life was like. Okay. Um, for swagger. I'm nosy like that. I really <laughs> wanna... <laughs> You're nosy like that. It was a it I was... am nosy like that. <laughs> it's oh my gosh, like a dream. Um this happens to be the longest um set I've been on for like in terms of film and TV. Like when you do a theater mm-hmm. show, you're with those people for months, you know, to right. rehearsals and stuff like that. But on set you know you're pretty much there for a table read and when you work like that's it and so Mm -hmm. I just got to be able to be on the set for a prolonged period of time and just seeing my favorite parts of outside of the acting are always always the fittings and the hair oh yes I love them they are so I couldn't I know because I could imagine too because it's like you get transformed into, into your actual character and it just feels so good yeah and like you try on like a bunch of different clothes and you um you you get to like kind of collaborate with the people being like do you feel like this is your character at mm-hmm. least on swagger we got to collaborate do you think this is do you think i don't know i don't know i feel like she's kind of in this emotional state today like i don't i don't know if we do this and it and it was such a wonderful process and giving process everyone was absolutely lovely um my right. castmates we are so cool together like i that's so horrible <laughs> to say we're so cool no but like <laughs> swagger is definitely the perfect word to describe everybody on that sweat on that set like the boys who played the basketball because it's a basketball show i'm not playing mm-hmm. basketball because that's not good for anyone involved. i feel like you could figure right. that out from the way i yeah. respond it. <laughs> um but right right she ain't playing basketball but no the boys um, and Quavenjana, she plays basketball in there. The, but the boys would always be like having rap battles and like freestyling in a circle and just like that energy was always up and it was really a family. Mm-hmm. And between me and my mom, uh, the lady who plays my mom and Chanel and Isaiah who play like my family members, just having our our connection be so unique to us and and. Mm-hmm being able to goof off with each other and joke around and like have inside jokes and like so quickly too, so quickly mm-hmm. and it feel authentic. It was incredible, but fittings, hair and makeup outside of spending time with my cast. Those are, those are my favorite. I, I just love it. <laughs> I love right, it. Right, right. And I feel like when you have a good set, like when you have good set connections, it makes the show even better. Yeah. Yeah, especially like a show like this where, um, you know, you have the focal points of being Jace, the character, um, who's the basketball player, and the coach, Ike, who's played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, for y'all who are like, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the show, it could be a way where those are like the focal points, but it's really like an ensemble cast just because of the way that we all love each other and the chemistry that the boys have with each other as the team and the coaches have amongst each other and the parent coach dynamics, the family relationships. It's so, it's almost tangible how much we like each other. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you ever watch something, you'd be like, I don't think they like each other. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that is not how it is on our show. You can feel the family aspect, um, which 
and it's crazy because, you know, having my actual family, excuse me, my blood family, because those people are my actual family, seeing my blood family watch the show and be like, dang, y'all just, y'all just click. It, it's very um, affirming because mm -hmm. I know how we are, but for it to be able to translate off on the screen is just icing, you know? Right, right. So the red carpet, <laughs> just, you guys had, I think, was it a premiere? Yes. Okay, so describe the day of the premiere, like from when you woke up to when you went to sleep that night. Like I want to know all the details. Okay, I woke up in New York on the day of the premiere. I flew the into New York City the day before, um, and I I had all my stuff because like I don't know if you saw the look. I'll send you a picture so you can post. No, it. No, I saw it. Oh, he said I saw it. I saw it, and you looked. Um, you look. <laughs> I, I think I forgot. I think I saw your picture and I forgot to comment because I was just like, like I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, you look so good, and I forgot to comment, so I, I forgot to tell you that. But you look amazing. Thanks. So I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit. I created the fit. Really? Did my hair? Did the, the only thing I did not do was my makeup, but I told the lady how I wanted it to be done. Yeah. Wow. And I did that. I think we compiled that. And you're going to be like, Jordan, what the heck? In two and a half days before I flew. Whoa. That, that's fast. Child, I was outfit. stressed out. I was stressed. Um, Yeah, I was stressed. I knew I didn't want to wear a dress because it's cold in New York. <laughs> um, right. It's cold. And I also like, you know, I just... I like looking different. <laughs> I like, I like looking different. Me too. And so I went to, um, where did I get the, the vest that I had was one way too big for me, way too long. And I saw it and I was like, I love this fabric. But my mom was like, you can't like, girl, what you going to do? It's too big. And we went mm -hmm. to another mall, went to other stores trying to find things. And I ended up the first day after six hours of looking places, didn't find anything, but I still had, wow the vest in my head mm -hmm. i woke up the next morning found out what time the mall opened went up there bought the vest got it altered tried to find a place that did same day alteration alterations found someone got it altered and then took a snippet of the vest fabric to the mall with me so i could find pants a shirt shoes all that stuff found those things was hoping that they would work with my vest because you don't know until you put everything on together right <laughs> i was so stressed out i had to leave the next day um, i could imagine though like that's really stressful it was it was listen them 48 72 hours prior to that premiere <laughs> the devil horrible <laughs> but you know it, it was it's not it wasn't bad bad because of mm -hmm. course i got to i was looking forward to what i was doing it for Right. Um, I knew that I wanted a bubble braid with a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> I was like, I want it to be <laughs> cute. I want it to have flowers. I want it to have pearls and gold and match the vest. So mm -hmm. I, I bought some flower stuff and I bought uh, Hobby Lobby is a great place. It's a great place for arts yes. and crafts. And I just bought a bunch of stuff like there. And I sat in the room that I'm recording in right now and made that hair. <laughs> And flew that hair to uh, <laughs> New York with me. Flew the hair. <laughs> flew it. 
Um, <laughs> and and I was like, I've never worked with hair before, but today we're gonna learn. And I hope, and you know, just the faith of God and the audacity of anyone for me to be like, I've never done this, but I'm gonna try it on a red carpet. My first one ever, <laughs> crazy, but hey, paid off. And mm. I still didn't have someone to do my makeup. Now we in New York and I still don't have someone to do my makeup. The thing is tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> we calling people that we know in New York and they're trying to call their people. And so the lady who did my makeup, her name is Melissa. Let me get her. Do I know her last name or will I be able to find it? I don't know. Uh, her name is Melissa. She's great. Um, she is a friend of a friend of a friend and was like, I'm able to do your makeup tomorrow. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right. <laughs> we sent her pictures of my skin tone, um, what I was wearing. And I knew that I wanted to have pearl details on my eyelids. So I had that already. So she didn't have to, you know, provide that. She came in while, like on the day of, while I'm doing my hair, blow drying my hair and getting ready and stuff, beat my face, slayed it to the gods. <laughs> I was like, thank God, because like, that is not my ministry. Makeup is not my thing. It's really not. And so she did it. I gave, I showed her like, I just handed her like the pearls for my eyelids. And I was like, I kind of just want it on my eyelash, on my um, mm -hmm. eyelids. And she said, okay. And when I was thinking like in a line, you know, when you see the people do the eyeliner of like one, like one uh, stroke of eyeliner on their eyelids that are colored and it's colored and it's like a minimalist type eye look. Yes. I yeah. wanted that, but with pearls. And then I opened my eyes and she did this uh, blue that matches my vest on my like eyeshadow. And then like, uh, what is it called? Had the pearls all scattered around my eyelids. And I was like, this is way better than anything I thought about. <laughs> and I was so excited. And she was like, yeah, you look great. Thank you for calling me. I was like, I will call you every time I'm in New York ever. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to the red carpet. <laughs> And that's how the iconic look came about. It's how it came about. You <laughs> that's know? how it came about. 48 hours of stress, man. Right. <laughs> Up into the But moment. honestly, like for me, that's been like one of my biggest dreams is to be on a red carpet of some sort, like ever since I was like a kid. Because like, I don't know, like I'm a weirdo. I like how stressful it is in a way. Yeah. I just like something about that is so appealing to me. But like the fact that you got to do that and you did it so perfectly is amazing thank you 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 really did that it was it was crazy because it, it was my first time being on a red carpet like that and mm -hmm. it was a really cool neat experience like I was like oh gosh I'm gonna be bombarded with cameras and I'm not gonna know where to look and there's gonna be so many unflattering pictures of me mm -hmm. no it wasn't like that at all like <laughs> it was it yeah. really wasn't and I don't know if it's mm -hmm. because it was like an indoor thing where you know, we're all following COVID precautions and maybe that's why it wasn't like that. But it was super like, hey, we're going to look here right now. Boom, boom, boom. Take your picture. Hey, you're going to look here right now. Stand like, like it was really like a good, mm -hmm. it was a good first experience because Lord knows that if I just had to walk and they were just, T -t 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 -t, I would have been crying. I'd be like, I look bad. My mouth is doing weird things. My eyes are messed up. No, it was great. So, yeah, um, if you guys want to go watch Swagger, it'll be in the description of this episode. But we're moving on to the podcasting side now. Let's so, go. What is the most challenging and rewarding thing about doing a podcast? Who? Uh, let me start with the most rewarding. The most rewarding is having people, especially 
for us has been a lot of young black women write to us, leave us voice messages being like, I feel so like seen. And like, I didn't mm -hmm. have a person, like I have Ambry, Ambry had me. Um, and having talking to people, like I didn't have a person to talk to. So I found your podcast and it, and it, it's like my person that gets me. That's the best right. thing ever. It's like, I think the first time someone wrote just like, or they send us a voice message. And so I could actually hear them talking about it. And it literally brought tears to my eyes. Like it was something that I did not anticipate. And mm -hmm. it was the best surprise, you know, to feel like you're impacting someone in that way. Right. Um, I feel like that's the most gratifying thing too. Cause yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten messages to be like, you are like my therapy person. Like, I feel like I can just like feel so safe. And that's what I wanted initially when I started, I was like, I want people to feel safe. Yeah. And mm -hmm. when people tell me that I make them feel that way, it makes me so happy because it feels like I'm doing my job right. Because that's so, you know, it's so few and far between to feel safe, like to have someone that you've never like seen actually. Right. Um, make you feel super safe. Um, and it, and it's, I think that's one of the coolest parts about the internet and there's a lot of mm -hmm. bad parts about the internet, but one of the greatest things is like the connection, the different type of connection that you can yes. have with people. Um, I really yes. do appreciate that. Right. As far as most challenging. Oh, most challenging. I was most like, <laughs> completely forgot. Most challenging. Um, well, you and I experienced it kind of before we got on his technology. Yeah. Sucks. Technology <laughs> is probably the worst thing I've ever encountered with this podcast. It's like, and it's like at certain times it never goes correctly. Yes. Me and Ambry went through so many like trial and error. Like I think one time, one day in particular, we had tried to figure it out. Cause we've, we've always recorded remotely. Duh. We started mm -hmm. in a pandemic. Um, right. And she, what would happen? She, we, we were trying to join and it just kept not working. Or if we would join, we couldn't hear each other and we couldn't figure it out. We did it like four or five times. Literally, we just were like, we're not going to record today. <laughs> we're going to record yep. tomorrow. Because like yep. it was so, like by the time we, if we could get it to work by the time it would be working, we'd both be like sick of it and the energy wouldn't be right. Yes. So we just stopped, you know. There's been times that I've literally had mental breakdowns and cried because my equipment wasn't working correctly. Like, it was terrible. Oh. It would, I would literally cry and just delete the entire episode. And I'm like, I'm just starting over next week. I don't even want to record it the next day. I'm just doing it next week. But there's because, been like, come so on. many times. Like, and then I can't imagine for you, like, you podcast by yourself. Yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> if I it's, couldn't it's cry crazy. on Ambry, I'd, I'd be like, where am I? Who am I? <laughs> where am I? That's... Welcome to On The Table Subscriptions. We just launched this um, recently, and basically what On The Table Subscriptions is, you can subscribe to this podcast for $4.99 a month. Again, $4.99 a month for the subscription you get extra content you get one-on-one -on -one calls and advice with me and you also get you can also be the first to see things that are going on behind the scenes it's pretty worth it in my opinion so go to anchor.com slash on the table slash subscriptions where you can sign up and pay 4.99 a month to get extra content from me thank you i love you guys thank you anchor um have you had any crazy podcasting experiences?
<laughs> kind of similar to what just happened to us. <laughs> Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, like, uh, you know, we said it before, but technology is a beast. And just that one time of literally, Ambry and I, I would send her the link, she would join, and then I wouldn't be able to hear her. And so then I, I, it, we did that for like two or three times. And then one time I was, was I able to hear her? I think I was able to hear, but there was so much like feedback for some reason, which is so weird because we're in two different places. It's like, how Right. are we getting feedback? And so Right. I would listen to the episode and I'd be like, no, we can't use it because like I'm hearing an echo. The entire It was just the worst <laughs> thing ever. And like Right. the craziest thing is we would set up, we do our setup the same every single week. And some weeks it would be perfect and no problems. And other times it would just be like, the devil like just trying to not let it work like kind of how we just Right. did tonight like Right. it's so weird Right. what about you It's really weird. Um, there was one time. Oh, yeah. I was home alone and I was recording a podcast. And, like I was recording an episode and I thought I my house got broken into. So I like stopped recording. I like ran out of my room and like a cup fell and it scared the crap out of me. But I, I like couldn't get it together after that. So I just like stopped recording. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love how you're Cause laughing it, about that, but I'm like freaked out for you. it no, because it actually scared me so bad, and like I could not do anything else. Like I couldn't record, I couldn't finish the episode. I think I still have it in my drafts, and I just never posted it. Oh my gosh. Like I think it's still there, but yeah. What made the cup Um, fall? I have no clue. Oh no. Mm It just fell, but it was like it was really loud, and I was like, did I just it, like is someone in here? And I was like, oh crap. -mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Um, what are your tips for any people of color that want to get into the podcasting and acting space? Okay, for people who want to get into the podcasting space, just do it. Like, I am I always felt like, oh, I would not be able to do a podcast by myself. And so, Mm like, so thankful I have Ambry, but then there's you. And there's, like, a lot of people, but, like, you, you do a podcast by yourself. And and it's good, and it's not awkward, and it's, like, it's nice and stuff. So, like, there's really no – and you don't need a lot of fancy equipment either. Like, Right. I think that's a big, big misconception. Like, you need state-of-the-art microphones and headsets and, like, all this, like, a studio – like, nah, you really – honestly, your phone and, like, some headphones. Right. It's pretty much all you need. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and like we all start from somewhere, so it's it's I don't think it's a good idea to really go into it having the best equipment because Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. like personally, I like to see like growth over time. in my episodes and I feel like that's like the best way to do it um Yeah, because, like, but what if yeah you buy, like, a $400 microphone and then you stop podcasting? right You realize you don't like like it. Now you have a $400 exactly microphone. <laughs> Like, what are exactly you going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> right Um. that actually leads me into my next question Mm hmm which is um do you feel like you still be podcasting 10 years from now Hmm. Ten years. I got to think how I'll be 28. Almost 29 in 10 years. I feel like, honestly, I probably probably would be. Maybe not with Get Into It, but, you know, just <laughs> we're not into Get Into It anytime soon. I just, you know, I'm just thinking like 10 years, Mm fine, -hmm. Yeah. you know. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> It'd be like, what, what? Um, right. but maybe talking about like whatever's going on in my life right now, I might be doing it by myself. I might have... like a new guest every week or something, just 
it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of my castmates, her husband's also an actor, and he started a podcast um, called The Blue Minivan, and it's literally just him talking to people that he's worked with, like directors, actors, writers, producers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's just so interesting. Like and he and it, and I was like maybe I'd do something like that in the future because I really do enjoy listening to. Um, hear people talk about things that they're passionate about so maybe right. yeah like personally I feel like I can do this for like the rest of my life because that's amazing you're so good I know thank you thank you it's just really like for me this is like therapy mm. because you know I'm talking about my feelings and everything like that without judgment like no one's here right so it's like I'm just it's like a how, how would I put this it's like a diary ah and I kind of want to save this for like, you know, if I ever have kids, so they can listen to this and they, like kind of like, get a, like an idea of what, like what my life was like when I was their age. So, <sighs> so I like, I feel like I would continue doing it for like the rest of my life, especially because, you know, it's like really comfortable for me. Like, and I also yeah. think that it's easy because I have a YouTube channel and you literally just talk to a camera. Mm-hmm. Those are your YouTube so, videos are so funny. They're thank so you, thank you. Funny, oh my gosh! Thank I feel like people are like she's just gassing him up. No, I'm so serious. Like, <laughs> but I guess that's kind of something interesting that you mentioned, like showing this to your kids and stuff. I think that's something I mm-hmm. always kind of think about, like with the advent of the internet. Right. You know, people are gonna be able to, your grandkids, people that you'll never even meet a part of mm-hmm. your lineage, will be able to see, you know, what you were like and what you're doing. And I just, I think that's so. You know, people say a photo tells like, wait, a photo has a thousand words, something like that. Yes, but a podcast, yes. you know, you get to hear their voice and like the inflections mm-hmm. and 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 almost like your stream of consciousness just a little bit. So right. I think that's really cool. It's like, oh, they can look back and be like, oh, he had the same struggles as I did with like anxiety and depression and everything like that. Yeah. So I feel like that's like really cool to show that. And it's just really fun also. Would it be this podcast or do you think you would maybe do multiple, like one with someone else and one by yourself? Or like, what do you think? I don't think I'd ever have like a co-host because I'm a bit of a control freak. (laughs) I'm a bit of a control freak. So uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe it'll happen. I don't really know what the future holds, but I don't don't know. Um, But... Is there any questions that are like things you want to talk about? I ran out of questions. <laughs> um, uh, oh, that I never answered the actor part uh, for people of color who want to get into acting. Oh, yes. Um, I would definitely say, you know, I started, I think I already said this, that I started pretty young. I started in dance mm-hmm. and that kind of got me into performing. I would say do whatever you can on the level that you're at. So like, go see like your local community theater, go see their shows, see if they're doing auditions for something or like take an acting workshop or, um, you know, just try to put yourself around what you want to be a part of. Like, it's very rare. I'm not gonna say it never happens, but it's very rare for someone to be like, I've never acted a day before in my life and I've never trained in acting and now I'm walking red carpets. It happens. It does happen. But, you know, it's it's very rare. So just, like, put yourself in those situations. And one thing that really helped me was also surrounding myself by other Black artists, um, like yes. Black actors and Black directors and stuff. When I was – I try to do it as much as now because, like, I'm so about uplifting my people, my community. But 
having that when I was learning the fundamentals has really instilled another layer of confidence within me, you know, and just like not feeling like, oh, I, I may not be able to do this because, you know, I have a a person who doesn't look like me who might not understand how a black person would act in this situation or I don't feel like this is mm -hmm. how I like I wouldn't say this and I don't know how to feel it but like being trained from black people who understood me on a different way because of that right it really really helped and I would say try to seek those opportunities out it's hard to find when you're first starting but they are out there they are yes they are and I would also say too like I know I'm not I've never acted a day in my life but actually I was in a play Purr. When I was like five, and it was The Wizard of Oz, and I don't remember any of it. My, apparently, I was because <laughs> my mom told me. Anyway, um, I think also what helps is putting yourself like, like visualizing yourself in those shoes of the people that you idolize, and I feel like mm. that'll really spark up motivation. Yeah. Have you done that? Vision boards are real. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yes. they've been real for me. <laughs> they've been real mm -hmm. for me. Um, Same. And like, I, whenever I think a few months ago, I was feeling, you know not the greatest and mm -hmm. I was like I need to just make a vision board so I can find some something to work towards and to you know look forward because it's very easy to it's not like motivation comes and goes obviously and my love for the art never changes it only grows but when you feel so unmotivated to create, it really does something to you. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you, it, it like messes with your spirit a little bit, at least it messed with mine. And so I was like, I need to create a vision board so I can like quiet the voices in my head and focus on something tangibly, see what, see a goal and go after it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely right. agree with like envisioning what you want, manifesting that, you know, speaking it into existence. Right. So do you ever experience like burnout, even with the podcast or even like with acting? Like, has there ever been a moment in your career where you've just been like, I need to take a month off? Hmm. For the podcast, most definitely. <laughs> yes. No, because it's so it's like it's people seem people say that it's like easy, but it's actually really hard to run a podcast, especially yeah. if you're by yourself. And, you know, I, I think it came like especially when you you want to you want to feed your audience the best of you all the time and yes. you want it to be growing and like you you want to evolve but you don't want to evolve so much to where you lose what people fell in love with in the first place and and so you try things out some things fail some things work um mm -hmm. and so i think earlier this year like maybe like mm, June I kind of I was just I was so tired I was so tired and it wasn't like oh I don't love talking to Ambry and interacting with our listeners but it was just a lot and I think you like you talked to me you're like hey are you okay like like mm -hmm. you haven't posted in a minute and I was like yeah like I'm kind of <laughs> going through it right <laughs> um so yes and I think that's kind of like the phase I am in right now like entering I call it baby adulthood since I'm 18, but mm -hmm. trying to set realistic goals that keep prevent me from getting so burned out because when burnout sucks because it really does. It's if, terrible. If you do it too, like if you get too burned out too many times, you will lose the love of right. what you did. So like, thank God I haven't had that experience with acting 
the pandemic, um, I had, I was still able to take classes, like acting classes over Zoom and everything, which was honestly, if I didn't have that, I don't know how I would be right now. But coming in this, when we're in this in between of like COVID, no COVID, new variant. Oh my God. Like trying to, it's, and like Broadway opening back up, but it's still not being really safe to, you know, not for Broadway. They, they got their, you know, right. stuff together, but like local theater, it's still, you know, not like everything's like so uncertain and yeah. it wasn't really burnout that I was feeling, but a little just like hopelessness, unfortunately, and lack of motivation because it just felt like I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I had been doing before. And like, I love theater. Live theater is one of the greatest things ever known to man. And so when it felt like that wasn't going to be coming back, I was like, like, it was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily burnout, but it was like a lack of joy, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like burnout could also be defined as like lack of motivation. I actually went through a similar experience. What was it like? last year um where i was editing my youtube videos and i would post once or twice a week mm-hmm. and it got to the point where i just like hated editing mm. so i like thankfully my friend edited my videos till may of this year and now i'm just like in love with it all over again so i feel like sometimes you do need to get away from certain things that you love to gain more love for it yeah and then like also Something that was really difficult for me was I would only spend my time on like creating, like acting and podcasting Mm -hmm. and, you know, learning about stuff, which is like also not good (laughs) because like you need to have other things that you like to do, like Jordan, get some hobbies, like, come on. So I, (laughs) you know, I took up sewing and learning how to sew, which I think that also kind of pulled me out of that. What is it? Like a a slump that or something that mm-hmm. I was, that I felt like I was in. Cause I, and it was the first time that I'd ever experienced that in my life in regards to performing and acting and stuff, which, so that I think that's also why it was super, super, super scary. Um, right. And it's, and you know, I'm not like fully out of it. Like there are some bad days and some good days and, and it's scary because I'm like, I don't want to lose the thing that I love, but being able to still say that I love it and have that mean something to me. I know that I'm on the way of like getting out of it, but it just looks different because the world looks different and I'm different, you know? Right, right. Oh, wow. Burnout is such a monster. And I hope like no one ever gets to like experience that ever. It's It comes but from like, like lack of time management, I feel like on, yes. on my end. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I have one more question and mm-hmm. it's how do you deal with hate? if you've ever gotten any i gotta say i've been very blessed to not receive hate um i don't know why my phone dinged i will answer that so that you do not hear it um (laughs) i have like you know fortunately not received hate thus far in my career i'm pretty sure right after i say that it's gonna change That's um, what usually happens. That's know, what you know. You world. know, you say something, and then they're yeah. like, "Oh, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna try that? You wanna figure it out? You wanna test it?" Like, no. Um, right. But it, it, you know, that's something that our show Swagger deals with, like the pressures 
that come through social media and everyone always having an opinion at everything mm-hmm. that you do, knowing good and well that they're watching you do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. 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 You know what I mean? Like, and so we just see, honestly, this show has really, they drop gems in it to like, the writing is so phenomenal. And so I've been taking the things that are mentioned in the script and trying to get those a part of my mentality now, like preemptively so that when inevitably things like that happen, I will be equipped with knowing how to like navigate through it and not listen. You know, one of the things that they talk about is silencing the outside noise. And I think that's so, so, so important, no matter what field you're going into, everyone's always going to have something to say about it. It's your job to quiet those voices so that you can do what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. Um, so yeah. Um, I've been I've gotten some hate. Who's hating on you? Not necessarily. <laughs> well, okay. It, the funny thing is, it's people I don't even know. Of course, of course. And it's like I it I used to uh, like tear me apart when I was like younger, but like now I literally see a hate comment, I delete it, and then I move on with my day. Who is commenting? Like, where do you? Have I don't the even time know. It's like pe- and it's like people that. with like. It's like people with like anime like. Icons oh, don't come for them. They're, they're, they're the anime. Friend, they're insane. <laughs> no, they're not. I like anime. Don't do that. <laughs> some of them. Some of them are really insane. They but, can with anything. Yeah. Mm. No, that's crazy. Like, wow. Yeah, I feel like you just have to make the choice of like blocking them out because. If you're gonna keep letting haters like get to you, mm-hmm. at some point it becomes a you problem <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> because you're not choosing to block out the hate. It's hard so I though. Like I it mean, is very hard. But it's like one of those things. Like I'm saying, I'm trying to I'm trying to build up that muscle because we're only human, and mm-hmm. it's it's unrealistic for me to be like, oh, hate will never impact me it'll never get to my it'll never you know mess with me mm-hmm. but i just want to be able to find ways and like tools and strategies to to blocks to block a lot of it out and just also having a strong support system around me to remind me of who i am when i don't remember um because People are people be trolling, you know. They be really trolling sometimes, and I'm like, "What's going on? (laughs) Why are you doing this?" (laughs) Yeah, Um, I might do an episode on getting hate because I I really want to talk about that. I just can't. I just don't understand, like how, like I get how. Well, I I I don't know. I guess I don't get how you could comment some something negative about someone that you don't even know or that you yeah, do know. Like it it's happens, weird. but it's like all the time. I don't get it all the time. That's insane. You got to make an episode because I'm so curious to. Like, I will. I I honestly am going to make an episode about getting hate because I haven't really talked about that yet on here. But yeah. Also, I guess that's one and of I, like the challenging things about podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I feel like my mom did such a good job of like telling me because you know I wanted to start. I wanted to put myself on social media at like 11 years old. You know, she let me, but she also told me that you putting yourself out there, you're going to receive some hate. And -hmm. at some point you're going to have to toughen up and learn how to take it. Yeah. And at first I was like, okay, I'm not going to get hate because literally I'm like a child. I'm not even like, I'm not doing anything to hurt anyone, but like, like now Mm. you just have to learn how to take it and just ignore it that way that you can be your best self. 
it's kind of crazy though like when you part of like signing up to have a platform or be you know known a bit publicly is like accepting people are going to like hate on me right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's and it's it's what we deal with because we love what we do mm-hmm. um yeah it's just one of those things it's really interesting well, um, that was all the questions I had for you, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on here. No, thank um, you for I had having such me. an amazing time. Also, so thank like I'm so thankful that you had enough patience to get through this episode. You guys don't even know we had to literally this is the next day. <laughs> um like after the ad, this is literally the next day because technology is just and Insane. then I like had scheduling conflicts for this next day. I was like, so, so I feel so sorry. Right. So I'm really glad that like we're <laughs> able to make it and then right. it, it's going to be good and all this stuff. But I love mm-hmm. talking to you. Um, and my respect goes to you because I literally could never act. Um, I did a, we had to do, we had to like read Shakespeare for English class and I missed my line like four times. So the thing with Shakespeare respect. is, <laughs> the thing with Shakespeare is like, you got to have the right person introducing yeah. it to you because when I did it in school I didn't go to performing arts school or anything so it's just basic language, language arts class mm-hmm. man I was like I don't want to read it like not like I don't want to read the work I just didn't want to you know how they'll what is that called popcorn theater where they'll make people read yeah, it out like loud reading, yeah. I hate that I don't want to do that and so they would always like oh Jordan's the actor she can she can do this and I'm like no because if I start like actually acting while we're reading Y'all gonna clown me. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like y'all gonna make fun of me. Yeah. So I don't wanna do it. Um but then I went to uh Young Arts um in January 2020. It's like a national uh, what is it called? Competition for artists and stuff. And they have us there for a week mm-hmm. and we learn and we train. It's great. And we did Shakespeare there under someone who like understood Shakespeare and like knew mm-hmm. how to communicate it to us and like told us like it would it just opened my eyes and made me fall in love with his work and his words so much to where like I, I'm going to be studying Shakespeare like properly in an acting school in a few weeks so like <laughs> it's really cool I really like it so you just gotta get the right person yeah episode on Shakespeare coming soon just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to put your plugs in here if you want oh um, yeah they're in the description too if you guys want to click those but so first and foremost Come listen to Get Into a Podcast, <laughs> my podcast where I'm one half of it um, with my co-host, Ambry Robinson, who's just amazing and great. If you want to talk yes. about, you know, how you deal with those crazy microaggressions and how you find the joy in life despite ignorance, <laughs> like mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and yeah. then also check out Swagger on Apple TV+. Plus. I play Jackie Carson. Um, the first eight episodes are out today. You know, we're getting in that time. There's enough episodes for you to binge watch. You know, only two more weeks of episodes in the first season. So definitely go check it out. Um, Swagger, Apple TV Plus. Yes. And I want to say that's it for the episode, you guys. I love you from your bestie. Uh, Jordan, once again, thank you for coming on here. Um, I'm sure my listeners will enjoy your topics and presence and your talking. You're very well spoken. Oh, Not in a microaggressive way either. <laughs> I love it. Not Thank in you. a microaggressive way either. <laughs> you're so All eloquent. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> you're so eloquent. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.